0: No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism.
1: New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing,
0: countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hello, and welcome to New Right Network's Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Slaughter, and with me today is Jacob Airy. Jacob Airy is an author, nerd culture commentator, political writer, videographer, and pop culture critic. He started his blog in 2012, where he covers a vast variety of topics, including movies, music, and faith. He also hosts Studio Jake on YouTube, where he frequently publishes his rants and ravings and interviews and, interest, and interviews interesting guests. As a contributor to The Daily Wire, his articles have covered a wide range of topics, including films, faith, and politics. He was a frequent panelist on The Michael Knowles Show. Very cool. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Well, uh, that, that intro kind of, uh, kind of summed it up pretty well. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, I, um, I really think that I, I like to focus on, uh, on what I'm trying to think of the right way, but basically lowbrow entertainment. Cause I feel like, uh, that's a lot of the premise of a lot of my writing. So like I did an article, uh, and the daily wire actually, they, I couldn't believe they let me publish it buzz about Alfred maybe being a woman in the upcoming Matt Reeves Batman movie and so I wrote an article about that because so I feel that if conservatives are going to take back the culture uh, we should write or we should talk about those topics and that's what I talk about a lot that's what I cover it's what I write about and so that's kind of uh, a little bit about my uh, motivations on why I write on right things and I actually genuinely enjoy this stuff it's not like I'm just writing it because I feel like someone has to I do enjoy it um, i'm I'm married uh, we've got a wonderful pet dog that's uh, another interesting about me I've got uh, two published novels out. One is a paranormal fiction about angels and demons called cacophony and then the next one is a fantasy novel called the Seven Royals All Good things, which is about your favorite uh, fairy tale characters that are coming together to fight an evil an evil mage who stole their kingdoms so uh, no no, uh, no animation there it's a, it's a very action. Oriented quest.
0: Those sound wonderful and uh, make sure if you're listening to this go check those out for sure um, What made you kind of want to get into the world of, of writing and critiquing and, and journalism?
1: Well, you know, it's funny because uh, I actually went to college to To go to pre-law and then whenever I did pre-law I took I took my first pre-law class and I said this is not for me Like no offense to any lawyers. I've got cousins who are lawyers. I've got friends who are lawyers. It just wasn't for me. And so someone a classmate actually says, Well, you like to talk a lot. Why don't you try communications? (laughs) Yeah, I know uh, exactly. So I went to I actually did. I walked to the communications department, which at at the university I was going to at the time, Lamar University, that is where their journalism school was. It was in the communications department. And I enrolled there and I loved it. And so that's what kind of got me. I had and I have to give Lamar University credit. Their uh, media teachers, their journalism teachers, were all really good. They didn't try to push a viewpoint on you. They they taught about uh, they talk they did talk about political commentary, but it was never in a sense where you you kind of knew that they were liberal, but it was never in in your face conservatives or evil type of thing. They they taught really good journalism ethics, and that is really why i got into it is uh is because of is because of those classes
0: why do you think I, I write for some other organizations as well and we've seen a lot of just this this really is this liberal agenda being pushed on students and classes when do you think this really kind of started happening going from just teaching you how to write an article to teaching you to insert your liberal viewpoint into it how do you think and when do you think this this idea um started um
1: I actually think it started in kind of the 80s, because if you think about sort of the hippie generation, um, you know, it also had, uh, you know, that, that's what brought uh, a lot of the liberals uh, more. Or it, that's what turned a lot of liberals into progressives. And so a lot of these liberals who hated people with money, well, their parents started dying and they started inheriting money. And thought, wow, having money is actually kind of cool. But instead of instead of becoming capitalists like any sane person would, they started teaching in universities, and they started teaching their their ideology. And I really think it was kind of uh, limited to kind of the coast. It was at first everyone kind of ignored it, because it was like, oh, it's over at Harvard, it's over at Yale, it's over at uh, you know University of California Berkeley. It's not really happening. And because conservatives really didn't fight to put a stop to it there, because conservatives always always had and they still do today kind of an affinity for those old organizations because we're conservatives we want to conserve and so I really feel like they didn't really uh of that generation didn't really fight it and by now our generation it's kind of become a little a little infected to the point where we almost have to burn it to the ground and uh you know you can still find conservative schools like Texas A&M certainly Hillsdale College uh online schools, trade schools, they tend to teach more conservative principles, but I really feel that's kind of when it started, was all these guys, they realized having money was good, but instead, like I said, they, instead of flipping the script, they, that, they kind of just started to bring their progressivism to college campuses and universities, and conservatives are really at fault for letting it happen, because uh, there's still a lot of conservatives at colleges, certainly in history and business, but uh, they're not because they have this respect for the old. They don't really, uh, they don't really speak out because the idea is, oh, I just don't want to. I don't want to get in your face and scream at you like you're doing to me because uh, you know that that puts me to your level, and that's a very noble thing. But the problem is not doing anything kind of created this apathetic attitude, and I really feel like that has something to do with it.
0: So, as a, a critic. Um, what have you seen with kind of Hollywood doing the same thing? Um, you know, we've seen an increase of celebrities coming out, you know, Taylor Swift used to say, I'm staying out of politics and now she's fully immersed, right? Uh, right. Miley Cyrus, the, uh, the Planned Parenthood cake. I mean, that just makes me sick. Um, <laughs> what, what do you see with these celebrities all of a sudden coming out and being in, lib- being liberals and, um. Why, why do you think people, um, why do you think that uh, it's a, their voices are important, but maybe they shouldn't be um, in politics and, and promoting their ideals?
1: Well, my thing is, I actually don't care if Miley Cyrus supports Planned Parenthood. I think it's disgusting. But my, my issue is, I, I think it's a failure of, I'm a millennial. Um, I, I think it's a failure of the millennial generation who we, because our generation has kind of wandered away from from God. I am a Christian, but I. So they turn to the next best thing, which is celebrities. And so I think social media gives these celebrities kind of a false sense of, oh, I'm the wise man on the hill, or the wise woman on the hill, if you're Maya and Cyrus. And so, so they, they I have to engage with these issues. I have to be a part of the conversation because if you look back, you know, even just in the '90s. You know when the baseball players were uh, were trying to get involved in social issues, and and they were saying, uh, or they were being forced to, I should say, they were saying, "Hey, I don't want to be, I don't want some kid to look up to me. Like I know I'm addicted to drugs and I've been divorced five times, but I, I'm just this athlete. Just leave me alone. Let me play ball." And and that was the right attitude. And I feel like celebrities, like you said, the I feel like social media gives them this false sense of superiority. And, uh, and, uh, and, it, and it's kind of hurt millennials because now they think, oh, Miley Cyrus likes Planned Parenthood. Josh Whedon directed a Planned Parenthood commercial. That must mean that there's something to this. And I think that it gives them an ego boost and it gives their fans something that they feel like they can get behind since they're not looking into, into spirituality or, or turning to God or even just patriotism in general
0: how would you say that we could turn the tide with this? I mean, is there are some conservatives in Hollywood, there are obviously conservatives at schools and, and colleges, and just obviously there's plenty of conservatives in the world, but it seems like all that you hear about is the negativity, all you hear about is the liberals or their, their spin on conservatism and we're awful homophobic people. And
1: um,
0: how would you say that we could change that? What, what in your opinion, um, would you say that we could, we could turn things around?
1: Well, first of all, it, it, we, we need to stop the derangement thing. So er, th- this is a new thing that younger conservatives, Gen X conservatives, and even millennial conservatives are starting to do. Where so every time Disney does something woke, they want to scream monopoly. Okay, why are we advocating for the government to break up a company? Uh, that's, that's a really foolish idea. So what we need to do is when, when, and by the way, I'm not defending, people accuse me of being a Disney defender all the time. I defend certain Disney movies that aren't that avoid woke politics because i want I want them to get the message, "Hey, this is what my audience likes so that's one way and and I will admit that that's kind of a soft uh, approach, but it is a good approach to say, okay i didn't like uh I didn't like this movie because it's full of woke politics, it was awful, the writing is bad, but I liked this movie like i'll I'll actually throw an example of this one i I like captain America: winter soldier it focuses on patriotism and and small government and so i like those and brotherhood i really support those uh, values and so i think that uh i think that's one way the second way is the conservatives in hollywood kind of need to grow a spine and they uh you know i hate to say this because i know a lot of hollywood conservatives and i know ones who are active like andrew clavin and michael knowles they're making fictional podcasts. So they're actually doing something and, uh, and to, to take back the culture. But really, conservatives in Hollywood need to need to grow a spine. Uh, Christians in Hollywood have figured out, hey, if we can't make a movie in Hollywood, we're going to move to Nashville or Phoenix or, uh, or wherever, Atlanta. And that's where we're going to make our films. We don't have to give our, our, our money to the film industry in Hollywood. And I really think the conservatives in Hollywood need to do that. But uh, the liberalism is so entrenched in Hollywood, it's it makes it difficult because they're they're worried that if me as an actor or writer, if I write for that uh, if I write for that conservative movie, I'm going to get blacklisted. Well, that's really why conservatives need to come together, and it's sad because Andrew Breitbart, who is ama- who was amazing, he was actually starting to do that. He's like, okay, we're going to unite and we're going to make our own movies and we're going to do this. And then when he passed away it's like the, the edge of that kind of died. And it's such a shame because I really feel like if, if Hollywood, like uh, I saw a movie, now this is not a conservative film, but uh, I saw a movie called The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. It's an amazing film made by Cinestate. And it kind of has, uh, it's just an old fashioned good psychological thriller. And I praised it on my, on my movie review blog because, uh, it, and I feel like at it's really low budget, uh, no special effects. It's just really well made, and I really think if conservatives did films like that, just good old-fashioned good movies. It doesn't have to be preachy. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be Christian mingled. The movie. It just has to be uh, you know, well made, well good. And I think there's enough conservatives in Hollywood to produce that kind of content.
0: Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's such a great idea. And uh, what would you say to the, you know, there, there's kind of a stigma when it comes to Christian movies, um, that they, they are like Christian mingled movies. the movie. That's, that's quite a movie. Um, what would you say to the, the idea that a lot of Christian movies can be rather cheesy? Um, I saw I am not ashamed. Um, that was about the Columbine shooter, but they, they really didn't do uh, Rachel justice, right? They, they made her out to just Kind of be a jerk even though she's supposed to be a hero and uh, the movie itself just wasn't very done very well and i I think i've seen a lot of christian movies that they have that stigma around them um even though their message may be great but people just associate that with that what would you say um, could is the cause of that and how would you say that uh christian movies and fiction could uh get a become a better name for themselves
1: well, I think there are two things is uh, one is conservatives need to stop ca- calling good Christian movies, bad films, just because they're Christian. That is kind of like everyone at the Daily wire gets mad at me. I defend God's not dead. I actually think the first one, let me clarify the first one. I actually think the first, God's not dead is really good. Certainly mom's night out. I can only imagine those three films are good, are good movies, not citizen Kane or whatever, but they're good films. And uh, as for, The other ones i really think it's there that is kind of the fault of christian cinema is there's this that, that they feel like every movie has to have a clear come to jesus moment and sometimes come to jesus moments are are subtle they're not these big explosions organ music playing uh type of moments and i really think that's what the the like especially i can only imagine got right was it wasn't this big explosion it was a slow, steady, uh, candle that just burned till the end. And you loved every moment of it. And, um, and so I feel like that is, that could be something that could be remedied. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Christian Mingle, how I would fix that film is, um, they made kind of the main character a little bit irredeemable or I shouldn't say irredeemable, but they played her off as this deceptive, deceitful person, just to date this guy that she kind of liked. And, And with bad dialogue. And then all of a sudden, she's this great person who becomes a missionary in Mexico, spoiler alert. And you're kind of like, what? Wait, this person was five seconds ago being bad uh, or a bad person. Why is this all? Why is she all of a sudden changed? And so, you know, again, this big come to Jesus moment, but no transition. So it kind of jolts you. And like I said, it had really bad dialogue. But uh, uh, on top of that, so I think that 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 is something is. Uh, Christian cinema needs needs to learn that the come-to-Jesus moments can be soft and subtle. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does speak in big explosions, but most of the time we find that it's that still soft voice that uh, that spoke to Elijah in the canyon. And so I really feel that uh, that's where Christian cinema needs to go. And like I said, I can only imagine is a great example of that. Uh, it's... I. I know I sound like I work for the movie. I don't. I just thought it was a really good picture. And of course it has Dennis Quaid in it and he's always amazing. So.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I know you've got to get going, but, uh, you can follow Jacob on Twitter at real Jacob Airy, and you can follow us at www.newrightnetwork.com and on Twitter and all of those social media at new right network. Jacob, where else can people find you online?
1: You can find me on my blog, which is jacobeary.blog. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's Author Jacob Airy. And that's mainly for my, uh, I post, uh, whenever I go to, to these conventions, I, do, I go to anime conventions and comic book conventions, I post photos from that. I also give updates on my book. Uh, I'm currently working on a sequel to The Seven Royals, All Good Things. So you can see updates for that as well. And also Instagram is Real Jacob Airy.
0: Awesome. Make sure to go give him a follow and check out his books. And thank you so much for being on the show today, Jacob.
1: Thank you for having me. You've been listening to New Right Network.
0: Mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.